Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Agent Power Huddle. Happy Friday. All right. I'm Amy Izzo. I'm your host on Fridays, spilling the tea with Amy. And this is a podcast and it's on YouTube. So you can catch uh, replays of all the episodes Monday through Friday um, on your Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Get out there and find us. <laughs> Get out there and find us. So I wanted to jump in today and talk about uh, demonstrating value and using uh, menus of services when talking to clients about value and specifically um, putting yourself in a position to not be in a place to be defending commission on a regular basis. I think that's something we talk about all the time. And uh, it certainly is a topic of conversation, especially as there's more and more technology available. Um, and there's uh, seems to be at least I'm I'm seeing more question than ever before around well, what value does the agent bring in the transaction and what is the necessity of the agent in the transaction? And I'm biased, as many of us are, because I'm an agent. So I think I'm ultra valuable in the transaction. Um, and biased or not, I really think there will always be a, a strong need for full service um, agents in the business. Um, and so, and I go up against uh, 1% brokers or discount brokers, or you call them what you want to call them all the time, r- relative to listings, for sure. I find a lot of conversation even around buyers, though, you know, what is the value that you bring in the transaction and and how do you help me? Um, I have been, I have been, I've been in the business for eight years. If you don't know me, I've been in the business for eight years. And I have always utilized a um, buyer's exclusive agency agreement with my buyers. And I continue to hear eight years later that I still, in the two states that I serve, that my title companies, my lenders, um, when I work with partners I haven't worked with that don't work with me on a regular basis, like a new lender or a title company that's worked with me before, they tell my they tell me and they tell my processor, geez, we're just not used to seeing this. We're just not used to seeing this. And it's just a buyer's exclusive agency agreement. I find myself explaining it over and over again more to people in our industry than my clients. And I think that's because of my process of how I work with buyers, how I work with sellers. So I want to talk about that and share that. And hopefully uh, you'll take some things from here that'll help you. More and more in everything we do, consumers, we, we hear consumers talking about paying for what they really need. And I think real estate is no different. I think especially with values up over the last couple of years and um, you know, all sellers, we talk about sellers, sellers always want to know what's my net. What am I going to sell it for? But really, what am I going to walk away with? And buyers always want to know, what am I going to bring to the closing table? What's the cash to close? It's always very popular conversations when I meet with a seller or a buyer for the first time. And so I think that um, they have, I think a lot of our consumers have a um, perspective of, I want to pay for what I need. But I don't know that they always know what they need. And so I think our responsibility is to show them what they can have and what they need. 
especially with technology, I think a lot of times people think I can just find it on the internet and go uh, buy it, or I can list my property on Zillow or whatever site on my own, and I can do it myself. Um, but I don't know that because they're in, not in the day-to-day, they don't always really understand what that means. I tell my sellers all the time, you can absolutely sell your house yourself. Whether or not you should or you want to is a different conversation. But if you ask me, can I sell it myself? Sure, you can. It is, it is, it is complicated. It is time-consuming. It is a full-time job when you're in it. But you can do it if that's what you want to do. So it's more about understanding what you're committing yourself to when you decide to go down a transaction on your own. So I've taken time over the years to pay attention to my value. You know, what is it as an agent that you do that adds value? And I want you to think about it for sellers and I want you to think about it for buyers too. Um, In a full service real estate world, where do you add value? And what would be your menu of services if you took the time to document it? Uh, One of the things that we're, I think, I, I really feel like we're one of the only businesses where consumers don't off don't see that they have options. They may have see they have options of person who they work with, but they don't necessarily have options in their commissions. And we are really in a position where we can determine what services we offer. And as we offer more and more value, we can offer a commission structure. We can offer a structure that the consumer gets to pick. We can set those, but we can offer that so they get to pick. So in essence, we're negotiating with them, but we've set this menu of services and we've said, now you choose. This is what I do for different amounts of pay, different amounts of salary. What is what is it that you would like to see? Works really well at sellers, but you can do it with buyers as well. So one of the things that I would ask you to think about is, what are all the things? If you took a timeout, right? If you, and you did a brainstorm for yourself um, under the category of sellers and then also under the category of buyers, and you thought about, you know, what are all the things I've done or I do for my sellers, for my buyers? Um, from the time I meet them until we close a transaction and beyond, I think that's really valuable too, and beyond. What are all all the things that you do? So if you think about uh, different categories and you can set them, but if you think about educate, you know, what are all the things you educate your sellers on? What are all the things you educate your buyers on? Uh, Marketing. How do you market your listings for sale? Look Look at your last six transactions. How did you market those listings? If they're buyers, how did you find those homes outside of an MLS search? We're doing a lot more than just an MLS search to locate properties for our buyers. We are calling for sale by owners. We are talking to other realtors. We are mailing letters to properties. We are doing, uh, some of us are door knocking. Some of us are digitally door knocking. We're getting on social media and we're leveraging social media, not only to find sellers, but to find properties for our buyers. So these are things that I think 
sometimes we take for granted and we don't properly share and market with the consumer. So they know how we find a house. I have several examples of how I found homes for buyers this year that were not on the market. They were just um, homes that came through my relationships or came through my prospecting. And a few were for sale by owners where I just called them up and made it happen. So a few were out there, if you will. Um, but they're, I don't, they're not necessarily homes that my buyers would have found. So how, what are you doing during the negotiation phase of your transactions? So what are all the things you have to negotiate and think about for your sellers? Same for your buyers so that you are protecting them in the transaction that they may or may not have the skill set to do on their own. What's all the administrivia? I think that's important. What are we administrating through the transaction? Yes, paperwork is a part of it. Contracts, amendments, addendums. Uh, what is all that? Disclosures. So it's super important that your consumer, you know, our sellers, our buyers, our clients can get themselves into trouble if they don't do it, if they skip a step, if they, they do it wrong down the road. Right. And then communication. What is all the communication that has to go on in our transactions and our listings and our uh, purchases with title companies, with attorneys where we have that, with um, uh, with lenders, <laughs> with other agents, right, with the county sometimes, with the taxing bodies, right? What are all the communications? I'm having zoning conversations on one of my listings because there's three elements of zoning on one property. So there's some new things there uh, that uh, we we need to properly navigate for the buyers and sellers in the transactions. Um, so really, if you took your last six transactions and said, what are, and just started with that, what are all the things? And then started to organize that into a buyer's listing or buyer services menu and a listing services menu. If you could think about that, what would that look like? It would be a really, really great exercise for you. I can tell you, and it would help you communicate in buyer consults. Here are all the things that I do to take you through from today when I meet you and you decide to work with me until we close and beyond. One of the things that I, I say and beyond, and I'm sure many of you do this, but one of the things that we do for all of our homeowners is we make sure after they close down their property that we we send them out in time for tax time, a copy of their closing statement. Yes, they got it at the closing table. I know I also know they moved and they had a lot going on and they filed that somewhere and then they're searching for it frantically by all the phone calls we all get every year right before tax time. So we get that out to them electronically in the mail well ahead of time so that we don't get those calls. Um, what about making sure they file for their tax exemptions? So when they close on their property, they are going to have to do something with the county to make sure they get any exemptions that they qualify for. People forget about those things. So reminding them of those types of things and then just being a resource. Many of us have built contractor lists. We've developed these relationships. I want uh, clients for life to be more than a motto. I want clients to know when they have a real estate question and make translate that to a house. I have a question on your property. I want you to call me for any reason. Um, whether you're buying or selling right now, it doesn't matter. I want you to call me and I want to be a resource so we can stay in, in, in contact. Um, and they, I want to continue to service them for as long as I choose to be in real estate. 
So the menu of services really helps you now when you're, imagine we're sitting with a buyer after a buyer consult, and we want to execute a buyer's agency agreement where we say, my fee to work with my buyers is X percent. So if I were meeting with a buyer, I would say my fee to work with the buyer is 3%. The seller typically pays a portion of that, usually between this and that. In my market, it's two to two and a half percent. If they're paying 3%, then there's nothing to pass through to you. If they pay less than that, I'm passing through the difference to you. We're having that conversation and we're signing that buyer's agency agreement after we've talked about all of their questions and what the next steps are and, and the housing. And oh, by the way, here's everything I do for you. So if you want to now, do you want to work with me? Say yes. Okay. We're going to do this buyer's exclusive agency agreement. Um, it works and it really helps set you apart from other agents that clients are meeting with and helps them really understand what they're paying you for and what you're doing. You do the same thing with our sellers. So I'm going to share my screen because I want to show you. And I have a few versions of this and I pulled up a few versions of this on purpose because you can make this look prettier. And I purposely, I will put a pretty one up that I didn't create. Um, I think Kimberly Randall's on here. I'm going to use yours, Kim. So you're going to see that. Um, but I, I, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be pretty, but I'm sure you all go into Canva and you'll make it super, super pretty. But here's, you know, here's an example of a listing menu. So I rarely have to have a, a, a commission negotiation conversation, if you will, although commission is always negotiable. Yes, I know this. Um, I present my sellers with a menu of services and give them options. So in this case, in this case, on this service menu, and it doesn't it's cut off the commissions at the top. There would be commissions and you decide what, what, do you, what do you charge for the silver service? In this case, the silver services, I put you on the MLS, you go into the showing service, I'll call you once a week and talk to you about your price and I'll protect you. My fiduciary promise to protect you, right? Maybe yours says you'll put a sign in the yard. I don't know. So, but you decide there's, and this is, not copy this and go do it. This is you decide what is your menu service. This is one such menu service that's out there in the world. Then there's a gold service. For the gold service, what is it that you provide? And what does that cost? What's that percentage that you're charging? And then the platinum service is where you have it all, you, you lay it all out. And here's everything that you do and what you charge for that. That's one such example. And so when I go in to meet with a seller and we're preparing a list of property, I give them options, right? Here are the options. So let's pick your level of service so that we can then pick your corresponding commission structure. And let me then show you how that nets down. Now it's really just a conversation of choice. It's about them making choices and about me meeting the obligation of the choices that I've given them to make. Make sense? You can do this a lot of different ways. So um, I have... Uh, let's see. Uh oh, technology and me, we have fun together, don't we? Oh, wait, here we go. Okay, I figured it out. Here's another one that someone else put together. So the tiered marketing program. Um, maybe they have their unique value proposition on here. This particular agent does a 30-day sale guarantee. Um, and again, you put your commissions uh, clearly on here and kind of share what you charge for each of these services so that it's clear. But this, this is another silver, gold, platinum. They talk about how they market. They talk about um, signage that they put on the property, what their different advertising is, how they do professional photography. This is one that um, I've seen before. 
uh, a mentor shared with me a long time ago. And they, he, this particular person um, had a 7%, 6%, 5.5% They list everything that they do for that. They have a team. So they leverage their team. Hey, you get my whole team for the price of one. And they do have some things that if they do, they charge additional for at these levels. So again, this is where the negotiation is. Well, if you do the 5.5% silver plan, but you want more professional pictures, this is what we charge for that. You have to pick what's right for you. I'm not telling you to pick one of these menus and go run with it. Oh, I wanted to show you one. So Kim created one. So Kim's on the call. I thought I had yours up here, Kim. Oh, goodness. Maybe I don't. I really like Kim's. Kim's is so pretty. I had it up here. All right. I'll find it in a second for you guys. Um, hmm. Maybe I won't. Kim's took, took one and she created four levels. So, um, and she's made it pretty in Canva. So she, she won up, she won up to all those examples that we looked at together, but she created one. I just don't have it handy. Sorry about that. I thought I did um, where she created four levels and four different commission structures and kind of name them creatively the way she wanted to. So there's no right or wrong, but the idea is to really just go in with value really detailed out so that Buyers and sellers, when they're choosing to hire you and they're talking to you about commission, you're now not having commission conversations. You're now having service conversations. What is a level of service you desire? And here's what we charge for that level of service. Make sense? Um, let's see. I want to find... I had, we had an agent actually on our one of our calls this morning that came on earlier in the week. Um, I don't want to say a newer agent, but is listing more now than ever before and came on to one of our accountability calls earlier in the week and said, I have a referral that's coming to me, but when the referral comes to me, they are coming to me with a commission percentage set in mind. So I'll give an example. They may have said, we want to do a 4% commission and we'll refer this to you if you'll agree to do that. No conversation, hasn't met the agent, doesn't know what the agent does. It's a listing. They just have a preconceived notion of the commission in mind. Um, we, a couple of us met with the agent and said, here, go in with your listing menu, right? Put a listing menu together. This agent never used one before. Go in with a listing menu and let's see what comes out. He went in with a listing menu and came out with a 5% listing contract. So demonstrating the value. So he got more than they came to the table asking for. And they picked, they picked, they knew what services that they wanted the agent to provide. So on one of our calls this morning, he came on and said, not only did I get the listing, I got the listing at the commission at this commission rate, which he was very pleased with. And he said, we really didn't talk commission. We just talked services. The whole conversation was about what services that they would most benefit from and that they would most want. So, I mean, really think about it. Think about all the things that we that you all do Um that you all do, especially during, and we all do, I should say we, we all do, I'm doing it too, um, during the process um, on listings. You know, we are not just touring the house and helping to set a price, right? We're helping to find match pairs in our area so and explain how the home is going to value and how it's going to be handled in the appraisal process. We are preparing professional photography, preparing marketing. We are getting it properly into the MLS. We are putting signage. Uh, some of you, sometimes we're running open houses. We are running social media marketing. We're communicating with all the parties. 
all the things that you're doing. You are negotiating properly on your client's behalf. You're looking out for their well-being. You're making sure that um, they understand what's going on. Sometimes my sellers uh, don't understand their taxes aren't proper or there's something wrong and they don't even know it. They're paying too high or they don't even know it. So we're getting all of those things straightened out for them throughout throughout the process. We're vetting all the buyers. I have... um, I have a listing, and I'm sure many of you have this. I have a listing that in two days, we've had 39 showings and we're up to 12 offers. There's a lot of coordination. Here's the stack. Here's the stack of offers. Like we, right here in my hand, that's what I'm doing next is going through all these offers. So, you know, we have a process and how we manage that for our sellers. And I think it's good to give sellers visibility to what that would look like if they handled it on their own. Um, what are you doing when you negotiate? You know, yes, you're determining contract price, but and you're you're also preparing written offers for buyers. Uh, you're preparing all of the contingencies in the written offers that could cost your buyer more money or less money, could save them money. Doing the same thing for sellers. You're reviewing all those offers. I'm about to review all these offers and put together for your sellers all not only the the easy things that they see, which are price and earnest money, but all of the other places that the transaction could cost them money or could save them money. Uh, you're delivering counter offers. You're using your negotiation skills that your clients may or may not have. And even if they have them, they're so close to the transaction that they're going to negotiate in a different way than you are, right? You're going to look at it not only in their best interest, but from a business sense. I have one now where I have a seller that, you know, got emotional. It's a very emotional thing to sell a property you've built from the ground up and lived in for 26 years and got very emotional and wanted to accept a lower offer on a property. And we were actually able to negotiate a much higher offer for him on the property because we're using our skills, we're using our knowledge, and we're helping him to see where he maybe he shouldn't settle. Um, and, you know, so everybody is different. Everybody is different that you're working with. Um, and then just making sure that, um, after the transaction, there's so much after the transaction that we do to add value to clients that they're not even thinking about. They don't know that they need us until they know that they need us. Um, when I was in sales, in corporate sales outside of real estate, we used to talk about our book of business. And those were just clients that did business with us that because we provided a product right? They would always do business with us over and over again because we provided a product. We can think about our real estate business in the same way. Who's your book of business? All of these clients that choose to do business with you are your book of business for life. So showing your clients what you do to stay in touch with them, monthly touches, quarterly touches, um, providing reminders to them, um, things that they should do on their home. Those all add value, not only to them, but to you. These are where your reviews come from. These are where your referrals come from. This is where your repeat business comes from. So communicating with your buyers or sellers at least four times a year, if not more, I say monthly touches, uh, and then at least four phone calls a year with them, um, making sure that you're there to help them when they have a question and you're available to them no matter what. Um, when you, I think what you'll find is that when you start to do um, these activities, when you start to really demonstrate your value, you spend more time in the conversations around um, getting a buyer into a home, 
or getting a seller's home sold the way that they want it sold at the you know best price with the best net that they can get under the best conditions and way less time defending your defending your commission. Do I ever defend commission? Yeah, sometimes you know we have to do that. And anyone that tells you they don't, they're not telling the truth. <laughs> they're not telling the truth. But we do, um, we do. But we can we can minimize that to almost zero, right? To very very low by um, just really identifying and then marketing what we do up front. So, you know, what's the, what are the value added things that you have done and you know you would do again that people don't think about? You know, I've helped people not, and I am not advertising that I do this, but I've helped people clean out properties because that's what they needed in the moment. They left town and something happened and we had to get a property cleaned out. I've helped people get a get a, get a, a wall painted that they needed painted. And I'm not unique there. Many of you have done things like this. Um, you know, if I've discounted, it's, you know, on my services, it, there's been a specific reason why, right? Typically it's, something that my seller or my buyer needed to make the transaction work. So, you know, really take credit for all of the things that you've done in your real estate career and that you would do again, and then talk about, get in the habit of talking about those things so that you can take credit for where you add value in the transaction, not only with your knowledge and expertise, but with your service, with your level of service that you're providing over and above what others are willing to provide in your market. I guarantee you that when you start to implore some of these things that you will see some differences, you will see some differences and you will see that um, you're having way less commission conversations than you were having before. And maybe you'll get some buyer agency agreements in there too, <laughs> so that you can increase your price point. This is another way too to increase your GCI, increase your commissions. Um, especially I notice that, you know, the, the buyer's agency commissions on my buyers are getting to be smaller and smaller. So, you know, if I have these conversations on the front end with my buyers and they know what to expect, they're all, I find that they're very, very often willing to pay for the service that they're going to receive from me. And um, I, I just don't have pushback there. So I'm able to, I'm able to command the salary that I feel I need to command on my transactions um, and provide a level of service that clients are, you know, are really happy with, and uh, they are raving fans at the end. So I hope this is helpful, guys. I, I, I hope you find something here that, uh, that you can use in your business and take it to the next level. Have a great day. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.